Hi there, and thanks for tuning in to the Four-Eyed Radio Network. You're about to listen to another proud presentation brought to you by Revenge Lover Designs. Stand out from the crowd. For more information, visit revengelover.com and mention the podcast for 10% off of your order. Wallop and web snappers. My spider sense is tingling. Anybody else's spider sense tingling? Welcome to Walloping Web Snappers, a Spider-Man podcast where we dive into every Spider-Man cartoon ever made. I'm Doug. And I'm Derek. And is your spider sense tingling? Yes, and it is being projected through my beautiful bejeweled <laughs> little helmet that's going to show you my entire origin story. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. To listen to this show, find us on 4EyedRadio.com and wherever you get your podcasts. This podcast is brought to you by Revenge Lover Designs, illustration and design that fit your personality. For samples and inquiries, visit RevengeLover.com. And, of course, we would like to take a quick moment to thank our spectacular tier patrons, Bo, Carl, Eric, Katie, and Jason. Oh, thank you. Thank you. You know what I did today, Tug? <laughs> what did you do today? Uh, uh, this afternoon, I threw on an episode of Spider-Man and His Amazing Friends called Triumph of the Green Goblin. I was going to guess that that is what you did because I almost did the exact same thing. I mean, if it's if this episode feels familiar, <laughs> it's it okay. honestly actually watching through that episode again because it's been a while since I saw the first Amazing Friends episode. Yes. Um. So I watching through it again, it is astounding how many beats from that are just fully recycled in this episode. Yeah. It's, it's it really, really and it's, weird. And it's it's like they uh, stripped that episode for parts because it's like this episode yes. takes. A bunch of stuff from that one takes away all the good stuff and all the cool, fun stuff. Well, and then like mm-hmm. doesn't really replace it with anything. So very weird. And what's very weird, weird is if if Spider-Man and his amazing friends happened in 1967, I'd be like, okay, great. They just remade an episode like yeah. 15 years later. That's totally fine by me, right? Sure. But that happened the same year as this. <laughs> yeah. Like the episodes came out the same year. Roughly eight-ish weeks between the two. Yeah. And the same, a lot of the same creators working on both those episodes too. So they're just kind of recycling their own work. (laughs) And so when this episode started, there is a little bit, like I was actually a little turned around because I was like, oh, I need to find, I need to find the first episode of this show when, when we already talked about the Green Goblin, like this, this show opened with Green Goblin, right? Um, Mm -hmm. Wrong. Because it feels like. This and it's literally called Revenge of the Green Goblin, which implies that there was a previous interaction. But like, it feels like this picks up from a previous episode. So at first, I was like, "Oh, this is a sequel episode to one from this very series." Then I was like, "Wait, no, I can't find it." Found it in Amazing Friends and was like, "Oh, that's really weird that they would have created a sequel across series because these were two separate shows." And then it, the more I watched, the more I was just like, oh, that's just not what this is at all. It really is, like you said, yeah. just stripped for parts, creating a new episode for a different show that may or may not have shown on a different network. Like, or I guess they were always on it. Yeah. Well, one of them was in syndication, no, were, one wasn't, right? So they might have fallen on the same network in some areas. That's but it was never wild. part of like 
it was never part of the same block necessarily. So, you know, That's who so knows weird. when, yeah, I, I, I imagine it was probably rare to see them airing back to back because amazing friends would have been, you yeah. know, in the middle of the national Saturday morning block and 81 would have been wherever the local channel times yeah. had been. So, you know, I will say, and I know we're talking a lot before we actually talk about the episode, That's but a lot fine. of what we're talking about in this episode, we've talked about before. I will say mm-hmm. the fact that this is an episode in a different series and the fact that this episode feels like it pulls from so many different things. I know it primarily feels like a rehash of that Amazing Friends episode, but that Amazing Friends episode is obviously inspired by comics. Um, and there's stuff in this that obviously references the same stuff. Like, I do think this episode is fun outside of it just being a TV episode. Like, it's fun to think of in the context of, like, the canon of Green Goblin stories right yeah i wouldn't say it's a good one necessarily but it's interesting to just like see against all the same ones it's kind of like when we talk about a mysterio episode even the bad ones are kind of fun because we've talked about so many at this point so at the very least it's it's kind of like that whereas like we haven't talked about enough dr doom for those to ever feel fun no and also i mean that the dr doom episode that also you know repeated a bunch of stuff from a previous episode is way worse than this one is like this one is at least kind of a, you know, a pretty straightforward like episode of the show, you know, technically it's a different show. Like, yeah, I I know that that doesn't necessarily make it better when we're watching both, but like it is technically a different show. Yeah. I, I also wonder too, like the amazing friends episode, I think is just objectively a better television episode simply because there's more stuff happening and there's more character interactions that are more fun. Like it's not like this yes. episode has wide stretches of nothing happening in it. Um, and this is and, a bizarrely and, and structured episode. <laughs> it's a bizarrely structured one. Yeah. However, I could see a universe where, cause I know the 81 show was in production first and then amazing friends, I think got greenlit sort of after mm. the fact and they were just, you know, in production simultaneously there is, it is possible. I don't know exactly what the timeline was, you know, between, when this show went into production versus when Amazing Friends actually went into production, it was obviously very close in timeline. But if there was enough time in between, it is entirely possible that this episode was written before the Amazing Friends episode. And the Amazing Friends episode took oh, sure. this episode as a skeleton and added stuff and made it better. Because I do think that, like, it when you watch the Amazing Friends episode, it is a little bit weird that, like, Peter kind of ditches the amazing friends because of his spider sense to, you know, investigate something alone without telling them. And you have Angelica like searching for Peter, like Peter, where are you? Where did mm-hmm. you go in the way that Betty is here? And it makes more sense yeah. for the girlfriend who's not in the know or the date who's not in the know to be searching for Peter. than it does for Firestar to be d- in that position. Um, however, the amazing friends, if, if it did come afterwards, they added enough fun stuff and made, the goblins ultimate plot in like the third act way better than what this one is. So like, it still ends up being a net positive, but I do think it's entirely possible that this isn't the 81 show ripping off amazing friends. It's just cause, cause the show does have a track record for writing kind of empty episodes that are missing stuff yeah. anyway. So I think that's know, actually a fit. pretty solid theory. Yeah. Yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if that were the case at all, mm-hmm. especially cause we've sort of mentioned that amazing friends clearly inspires them more. So, yeah. you know, getting the opportunity to play more with a skeleton that already exists wouldn't surprise me. 
So yeah, yeah. Well, if you want to yeah. watch the Amazing Friends episode Triumph of the Green Goblin and watch this episode Revenge of the Green <laughs> Goblin, which I would not recommend. I think that could be fun yeah. as a double feature if you're mm-hmm. down for that type of watching stuff. Um, yeah. You can do that on Disney Plus. You can find both of them on Disney Plus. This episode of the 1981 Spider-Man show, season one, episode 10, is entitled Revenge of the Green Goblin. The synopsis per Disney Plus is Norman Osborn escapes from a hospital and remembers he's the Green Goblin. And then he doesn't do anything. He just remembers and it's fine. Uh, Mm. Nope, obviously that's not what happens. (laughs) The original air date, this made me furious. Remember how there was an episode with Dr. Doom that aired on October 31st, 1981, just a couple of weeks ago. This episode- Oh my God. <laughs> takes place on Halloween, has a Halloween costume party, and aired on November 14th, 1981. Yeah, it really does. They literally had a slot for an episode of the show to air on Halloween and didn't air the Halloween episode. They aired the and, worst episode of any show to ever be made on Halloween instead. And they could have at the very, I mean, this wouldn't make the episode better, but they could have at the very least pushed the Dr. Doom episode further away from the previous Dr. Doom episode that they yeah. borrowed so much from. Yeah. They could have at least yeah. spaced them a couple more weeks apart. <laughs> Were there production delays and issues? Stupid. Like that this episode was, was it delayed and they didn't, yeah, they I, couldn't finish you know. it in time. Like that has to be the case, right? Because otherwise, love to know. why in the hell, why in the hell did you do that? Yeah. Because Green Goblin just on any given story is good for Halloween, but this is literally a Halloween one also featuring Green Goblin. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Now I'm mad about it too. So furious. So furious. Well, obviously we're talking about the Green Goblin here um, and and some Norman Osborn as well. Uh, This version is voiced by Neil Ross. We know this guy because he's the same guy that voices the very same character in the 1994 series, which is very cool. And I'm sure we talked about that when we talked about the 90s show. Yeah, his performance is so different in the 90s show from this. He got, I mean, he's he's fine in this episode. It's not like he's bad or anything, but yeah. And, and obviously, you know, it's a difference of over 10 years, so understandable, but he he's a lot better at playing Norman Osborn and Green Goblin by the time 1994 rolls around. Like his performance is pretty different honestly than what mm-hmm. it is in this in this show. Um it's it kind of surprised me how radically different it is. For sure. I mean, like, it's a stark difference. Um, but even within just the confines of this show and this era, he still is doing very differently than other villains are in these shows. Yeah. Like, a lot of them just sort of sound like, mm-hmm. like when we talked about Mysterio, sort of like generic villain vibes. Like, mm-hmm. he still doesn't sound all that generic villain vibes, especially when he's Green Goblin. Like, there is still yeah, a He's voice. still good. He's oh, good. Yeah. yeah I, he, but it he, is interesting that even though he already was sort of a standout villain he still ends up going on to like transform the performance for 10 years later. Yeah. It's, it's really cool. interesting. I, I, I love that. Yeah. I find that very fascinating and really interesting too, that like he's not green goblin in amazing friends. The episode that this is very similar to, because that's Dennis Marks playing green goblin in yeah. that one. and doing a fabulous job in that episode. It's just very funny to see like the future green goblin and the, one of the most iconic green goblins being green goblin in this show. That's not the same green goblin as the other green goblin that appeared eight weeks ago. So <laughs> The way the way voice acting worked, <laughs> just I can't, I can't. It, it's it's so funny. it's a mess. It's I mean, so I know funny. they obviously didn't. I mean, they it just was like, here's our voice talent. Who's who's here? Who wants to do? I mean, I'm sure it wasn't yeah. who wants to do what, but maybe some of it was. I don't know. Yeah. Um, and it is two different shows. To be fair, now. yeah. 
it is two different shows. It's but it's, it's still funny because it's you would think because there also is some crossover well, sometimes, but not the all the connections time. So, are are the same. You know what I mean? Like they're two different shows, uh, but like they know the same people. <laughs> right. It's it's very funny. It's very funny. So anyway, <laughs> let's jump into this one. So yeah, please. Like you mentioned, uh, it's a Halloween episode. This one opens on Halloween night with a horrible like genuinely horrific train accident people died uh, and people died <laughs> absolutely died. i would argue everyone except for norman osborne died yeah because tragic. this train crashes and blows up and norman osborne who was on this train obviously is seemingly the only one flung from the wreckage before it explodes and catches on fire on a mountainside wow. like this isn't like in a city somewhere where you can just sort of like drag people out and maybe there's like a car that can take them to a hospital like, they're going to have to, like, helicopter people out. <laughs> like, if anyone survives. Cool. it's it would, be, it would be horrific. Anyway, that's how the episode opens, with a horrible train accident. <laughs> and then we cut Cute. to what's a little bit more of a normal uh, episode opening. Which, you know, I kind of like that they just shock us from the get-go. The more sort of, like, normal opening uh, is back in the city, where Spider-Man is rushing home to prepare for a Halloween party that he's attending at ESU with Betty. On their way, Peter and Betty comment on the fall weather, which Betty uh, remarks is perfect for snuggling, uh, which is cute. They're clearly getting close. The first moment of this, uh, of one of many moments where Betty is just incredibly thirsty for Peter in this episode, like aggressively Good so. For her. It's very funny. <laughs> yeah, I like it. What I think is really funny, though, I think is it, uh, is it, yeah, I think it's that interaction. Like, it's nice for snuggling. And Peter, like, doesn't react. He's like, yeah, come on, Betty, we're going to be late. Like, it's just yeah. ice cold, Parker. Like, what are you doing, man? Yeah, he's kind of an idiot in this, which is, like, characteristic, right? Like, there, we've seen other Peter Parkers who, like, don't get it. Um, yeah, but you know, this is one where like, I would like more of a lot of things. And one of those things could easily be a little bit of reciprocation here, Peter, you know, yeah, you're not that interesting. Yeah. So let's, let's crank it up uh, when it comes to Betty. Also, I think like one of the clues that made me think that maybe this came before the amazing friends episode is the fact that this does take place on Halloween. And then the amazing friends episode just happens to have a cost, a, a non, a non time related costume party, like a non holiday related costume. That's party. like their full it is, superhero, like themed party, right? Like it's a costume yeah. party, but like the theme is just like, let's all be superheroes. Yeah. And I feel like you would get to a Halloween party for a green Goblin episode first before you, like that feels like a thing that was changed for amazing friends. Again, right. this is all speculation and everything, but that was just the first thing I thought. It's sort of like, well, of course it's a Halloween episode. If you want to do green goblin in a costume party, like why wouldn't mm-hmm. it be? It's weird that amazing friends wasn't. And it's like, well, maybe it wasn't the first one. So yeah. 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 I, I, I really think the theory is sound. I would love to get an answer on it. You know, Mm-hmm. Well, as they arrive at the A.A. Smith Memorial Gymnasium, which I note because I saw this on the building and was like, oh, A.A. Smith. Like, I worked somewhere that had an A.A. Smith building as well. Okay. So then just out of curiosity, I was like, I wonder who this probably famous educator A.A. Smith is. And then when I found why I knew the name A.A. Smith, it's because one of the schools that I worked at's first president was named A.A. Smith. So I don't think it's like a famous educator, which is like a wild coincidence for this show to have a building on the college campus called A.A. Smith and the place (laughs) that I worked, which was a college, had a building called A.A. Smith. And I will dig deeper into this when I have time. (laughs) 
it's so weird because it makes me wonder if somebody on this staff was educated in the area or went to the school that i worked at yeah because that's a really that's weird coincidence very weird coincidence yeah i mean i know the last name is smith but a.a a. smith is very specific anyway whatever sure um, yeah. that's what the gym is called i guess and that's where the dance is being held and when they arrive to the dance we cut up to a nearby building and there is a mysterious silhouetted figure watching from the window and we know the silhouette it looks like perhaps a goblin <laughs> Of course. So inside, Peter and Betty are talking, and a blonde woman just walks over and is like, hey, Peter, and kisses him on the cheek and PD, leaves. PD, in fact. Oh, that's right. PD, you're right. You're right. Oh, is it Liz Allen? <laughs> oh. Um, yeah. I mean, yeah, they never answer the question. Spectacular Spidey reference there. Uh, yeah, it's weird. And she just walks away, and Betty's like, Peter, who was that? Because, you know, she wants Peter right now. And Peter's like, I don't know. And I'm like, okay, why did any of that happen just now? <laughs> why did any of that happen? Also, he doesn't just say, I don't know. He says, I don't know, but I kind of wish I did. Yeah, Shut well, up, Peter. Okay. Creeper. <laughs> Betty is right in front of you and she is wonderful. Okay. Yeah. Come on. Come on. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I don't know why any of that happened. It doesn't pay it's off so at all. Weird. She never shows up again. I don't get it. And that's another thing that's weird, a weird comparison with that in the Amazing Friends episode, because there's that weird little mini subplot early on where there's the the, the, the weird, blonde like, lady, thing, right? the weird jealousy thing between the blonde lady and Angelica and a blonde lady keeps going after Peter and stuff. And it's like, so this could disprove my theory. This could be an artifact of that where they, if Amazing Friends came first, they carried over a little bit of that and then just, but then like stripped away anything else that happened other than this one moment or the 81 writers included this moment and then for no reason. And the amazing, and the amazing friends were writers were like, well, why don't we do something with this? And then made the blonde lady a character could go either way, no matter what, in the context of this episode, it means nothing, does nothing, makes no sense. It's just awkward and weird. <laughs> we need answers. I know. I know. And we're probably never going to get them. <laughs> no, absolutely not. Well, then a, uh, yeah, like I said, awkward moment broken up when a green goblin flies in, but a, a green goblin, not the green goblin, because that one Peter ducks and also like basically like brings like kind of tackles Betty down with him, like for her own production. Mm -hmm. If it was a cool superhero moment, it would be cool. But in context, it just makes him kind of look like a jerk because the student points out that there's like three people dressed in green goblin costumes. So it's like, oh, Okay. That was just a dude in a costume. And in fact, it was like a professor on a Green Goblin swing or something like that. Um, yeah. Which, again, it's an exact thing that happens in the Amazing Friends episode. Peter even ends sure up on does. the floor in that episode as a fake Green Goblin flies over him. So yep. 100% the exact same thing happens. Mm -hmm. The catch here, though, is that Peter's spider sense is tingling. So even though there are a bunch of Green Goblins there and they all sort of identify themselves as being just in Halloween costumes, he knows something is up. So he's still looking around. Um, he's still trying to figure out what's making his spider sense tingle. And when he looks out the window, he sees the silhouetted figure that we saw and probably recognizes it, as we will learn. There is a history there. Probably recognizes it as the same person we do. So he still is kind of on the there's a green goblin afoot somewhere train here. And then brilliant Peter Parker and all of his brilliant lies manages to slip away to investigate by being like, oh, Betty, I have to leave because your Halloween present, which is super totally a thing people do, uh, is in my <laughs> locker. I left it there. Oops, let me go get it. 
It's so weird. And Betty's just like, ooh, a Halloween present. Like, not a Halloween present? What are you talking about? Do you mean candy? Like, what? Yeah. No, she's like, ooh, a Halloween present. Of course. I was expecting this, Peter. Like, it's so bizarre. (laughs) It's very strange. Well, he breaks into the uh, locked science lab to change his suit and investigate further. There's a little moment where he, like, crosses a path with a black cat on his way upstairs to the labs. (gasps) Um, You know. (laughs) which first of all weird that there's just like a black cat just like roaming the stairs of a science building Mm -hmm. like not mad about it but a little weird um and of course you know it kind of perpetuates the myth that black cats are bad luck uh which really sucks really sucks really sucks as a black cat owner uh i don't like i don't like that black cats aren't bad luck in fact they're some of the sweetest in my in my experience for all the black cats that I've met, some of the sweetest breeds, one of the sweetest breeds of cat you will ever meet. Very yeah. nice and sensitive and personable. Yeah, so. they 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 kind of make up for it at the end of the episode, just so you all know. But I, for the for the moment, I'm going to be mad. Yeah, uh, because this myth has like direct real world consequences. <laughs> there is a legit like quantifiable history of violence against black cats that exists that has happened because of that myth that's perpetuated, you know, in in culture for a long time. Uh, like people do actually yeah. hurt and kill black cats for that. Uh, you know, hopefully not as much as they used to, but my understanding is that it still yeah. happens from time to time. So, um, and they get adopted a lot less. Just generally, people just don't adopt black black cats as much as they adopt literally any other breed which again they're some of the nicest fucking cats you will ever meet in your life i know never met a black cat that wasn't just the most Mm -hmm. affectionate cat in the universe so yep i decided Um, a long time ago that whenever i get you know another cat it's gonna be a black cat yeah for all of those reasons cannot go wrong they're all great every single one of them exactly (laughs) i i can't imagine that any of our listeners are like i hate black cats but if you do change your mind you better not be yeah yeah and if a black cat cast black cast cat oh my god if a black cat passes crosses your path that's what i was trying to say if a black cat crosses your path i would argue that's some of the best luck because you got to interact and see a black cat and hell that's a great yeah to have in your life. <laughs> yeah. just say hi to it and wave and maybe give it a nice little pet if it lets you yeah absolutely yeah absolutely yeah <laughs> so that was that soapbox yeah we end up in the labs these science labs and when we uh get there and by we i just mean peter we're not really there but peter notices an open and empty safe before getting zapped with a freeze ray from the Green Goblin. So before it was a Green Goblin or three Green Goblins, now it is the Green Goblin. So Green Goblin explains that because Norman Osborn donated the lab to the college, it was the perfect place to hide his identity and his equipment in all of these safes. So, which is very funny to me because that means like there were all these locked safes with stuff in them and like no one knew what was in them. That's very funny. Like only Norman knew and only when he was Green Goblin. So then they're just safes and everyone's just like, yeah, I guess these safes are here. I don't know. Maybe they're this guy's. <laughs> like, it's just so funny to me. Yeah, it's very funny. Also, I love in, in the scene. I I think it's once Spidey first gets in the science lab. He's like he's like walking on the ceiling. And then like when he's like going to, you know, investigate or investigate the safe, I think. He mm-hmm. does like this weird little side crawl. He's like in yeah. his sitting position and just like kind of waddles in his side crawl position, but you know, upside down on the ceiling for no reason. It's very funny. I I like it though because even though that part in particular is weird, 
it they really decided like we are gonna have him wall crawl throughout this building so like from the first yeah. floor up to this lab he like crawls up the side of the stairwell and then he gets on the ceiling he's like investigating the room for quite some time on the ceiling he does his weird little scuttle thing that you're talking about but i just i like that i feel like it's not something i expect from shows uh at this era or older because they would rather just have him walk around, which I get. Sure. So it's cool that he spends so much time on the walls and the ceiling in this one. It's very cool. Just includes it's a funny, funny little scuttle. <laughs> funny, little, funny little scuttle. Yeah. Scuttle's the exact right word for that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, Green Goblin also remarks in addition to this perfect place to hide my stuff also remarks that despite Spider-Man not revealing Goblin's identity, he won't extend the same courtesy. This is like news to us. This is what's wild about this episode. I was like, this is where I was like, wait, I need to stop and I need to refresh myself on what we already saw of this story. Like I was fully convinced that I was just forgetting the events of a previous 81 episode, which at this point I would not put past me because some (laughs) of these episodes are forgettable. Um, But that's not the case. Like he just says this and there is no, there is no prerequisite episode and then and then he just takes spider-man's mask right off of him because he's frozen spider-man with his little freeze ray so like fully wasn't expecting this this was all like really surprising to me wild 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 stuff i was shook because it's just like you just you don't expect it from a show like this and the fact that it is just a pre-established history that will come to find they're basically just being like, yeah, the comics happened. We're just in that continuity, essentially. Uh-huh. Like, it's yeah. it's so fascinating. I, I mean, I, part of me wishes the show did more stuff like this. It's kind of a, that ends up honestly kind of being my favorite part of this episode is just the fact that it's just like they just made a sequel to the comics from the 60s and like show you that explicitly that that's what they're doing and then just like go with that. And I'm like, Sure. I kind of like why, why I don't know why you just now only just now chose to do that, but I think it works because the stakes are so different in this episode because of that. That's what I think makes this episode so interesting. Even if I don't necessarily love the way it's all put together, I do think it's fascinating because it's taking and we're going to, this is the next thing we're going to talk about, but it takes basically something that the comic used in a very specific way and brings it into this show to reference back to the comics. Like it's really fascinating. Um, and yeah, like you said, instead of like establishing this villain or just picking up, like they, you know, always existed, like they have other villains, they treat this like a sequel to something that technically never happened. Like it's, it's a wild choice and it's something I feel like we would never get in a show. Now they would either do it through, you know, flashbacks, or they would just establish this character at the point at which the episode happens. You know what I mean? So this is really, this is fascinating to me. The fact that this is the choice they made. Yeah. It's very fascinating. Now, is this next part necessarily fun to watch? I don't know. (laughs) I think, I think there's a conversation to be had there. Uh, I don't know if I think it's especially fun because the way that they get to, uh, what we're referring to where they're like explaining the backstory where they're doing the exposition is through green goblins memory amplifier which he says will materialize every thought and every moment of one's life so this is basically like the thing in the comics that they use to sort of recap events from the past 
This is sure. also kind of like the device that is in Amazing Friends that I think is called sure. the Future Finder or something. Yeah, it looks exactly the same, but he calls it Future Finder right. in that episode. But it, it does all the same right. stuff. So it all does the same thing. And in this episode, I find it fascinating. But it, but what it does is they just show us random scenes that took place in the past that were never actually part of the show. But like you said, yeah. mimic what happens in the comics. So we just see like a sequence of things. And this is what we see. There's two waves of this. This is what we see in the first wave. We see three years ago when Spider-Man and Goblin first encountered one another, which is a fight on the glider in the air. We see... Uh, we established that Spider-Man's webs have no effect on Goblin, which I don't know was super necessary to this story, but great. Sure. Um, we get it, the random explosion that caused Norman's transformation into the Goblin. He's just working in a lab and whatever he's working on blows up while he's like reading a book. We see Norman in the hospital and then we see Goblin breaking out of jail, I think is what we're meant to yes. see it as. That's what, that's but like every description like, yeah. of this show says that he breaks out of a hospital. So I don't really know. Um, and then we see Spider-Man <laughs> finding Goblin as he breaks out, which I presume is what leads to either their first encounter or as a result of their first encounter, and he ends up in jail. It's a little bit circular, and I'm not entirely sure where things connect. They're not in yeah. a great order, but those are kind of our establishing bits yeah. of background information. What is wild to me that I find most fascinating is that it's basically structured like a clip show, except... The clips are these aren't clips. Like, yeah, they're the clips are new animated yeah. footage. Like it feels like this is an avenue for how they would pad time by reusing footage from a previous episode or just showing a bunch of adventures. Like it's a perfect setup. Like memory amplifier causes yeah. images you can think of to be on screen. Now now we're going to have a clip show where we just show a bunch of old old clips while you sort of talk about them. Easy, super easy setup that I would have expect expect this show to do as a clip show, but. It's all new stuff. None of this is like yeah. recycled footage at all. And so many shows would do the clip show. Like it's not even like a thing that's like genre or media specific. Right. Like, right. well, I guess it's television media specific, but like it's not genre specific. Like so many shows will do stuff like this. Um, sure. Even like reality shows would do this. Some of them still do this. Like it's yeah. it's wild. It's like a thing that shows haven't even abandoned yet. And yeah, this one just creates a clip show of stuff that never happened before. It's really, it's, I feel like, I wonder if a show's ever done this. Maybe you know this. I would, I want for a TV show, it would probably have to be a comedy or a sitcom or something. Although I guess it could be a drama with a time jump. I would love to see a clip episode that is all original clips that like makes up for a time jump or a season that doesn't exist. Like to explain events that inform the season to come or whatever oh, like um, i think that could be really funny especially in a comedy setting community almost has that because the community community i would have guessed i've never even yeah, seen that show two, and that's what i would have guessed <laughs> community has two clip shows where the joke is that all of the clips are new footage from basically episodes that you didn't see and i think so it's not exactly like you because it's not explaining a time jump it's basically just like adventures that they had in between episodes but a lot of the things in those clip shows do become recurring gags so a lot of is sort of like they're basically it ends up being 
almost unintentionally a lot of those those clips of those episodes sort of set up lore for the show that gets called back to you know what i mean so like i mean that kind of sort of like filling in what i'm talking about right like yeah you don't necessarily want to do a whole season or your joke is that there just is a missing season and you're like referring back to something and pretending it always happened that is kind of what community did it sounds like yeah yeah yeah, and and clerk the clerks cartoon had an episode like that too. That clerks did it before oh, community where they had it because there was a, that that show only made like six episodes I think, and like it was like the second or third episode was a was a fake clip show episode where all of the clips were ones that didn't happen. Which again, it's like well, it it was only like a couple episodes into the show. So like why that kind of the stuff. Fuck, am I not writing happen. a TV show? Because clearly, I've got great ideas. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, it's a great concept. <laughs> Yeah, so we're we're getting flashback stuff. This this continues. Um, we get kind of another round of these flashback clips. Basically, you know, Spider Man tries to move, uh, but you know he's been hit with a freeze ray again, just like in the Amazing Friends episode where he's hit with a freeze ray, so he can't move. And uh, Goblin cl- clarifies that he'll be frozen for another hour, and this is sort oh. of like, "Oh, I've got you here. I know an hour." Oh. Just- <laughs> Derek, I was when he said you will be frozen for another hour. I was terrified. The rest of this episode was going to be told entirely through these memories. <laughs> I was like, very "This funny. is not for me. This is not be- for me." hilarious in how bad I would be here for it because I'd be like you know what I appreciate the fucking gall to do something I mean maybe by that the alienating end, to an audience <laughs> maybe by the end it would have been the type of thing where I was like I can't believe they did this and then grew to sort of love it but ha- I would have had to go through the whole journey I would have needed to go through like shock anger acceptance and then like get to the point where I was like maybe this is brilliant but I was at this point yeah. I was like don't do this to me <laughs> Yeah, but um, no, it's only it's only a few more clips we see. Um, the first one is Goblin. The uh, the first time he unmasks Spider Man, and then he's like, "Well, you know, since I know your identity, it's only fair that I unmask myself too." So that's how they both learned each other's identities. Sure. We also Jan. sure whatever. We also see the explosion that dropped a support beam on Goblin. Spider Man pulled him from the wreckage. I think Goblin even comments like, "Oh yeah, I forgot you actually saved me." Mm-hmm. <laughs> So I thought it was kind of a funny little yeah, addition to that. They kind of undersell the fact that this is him kind of pulling out his own memories. Like, mm-hmm. I know that's literally what we're seeing, but I do feel like they kind of undersell the fact that he's filling in gaps for himself. Yeah. I mean, it, it just it ends up looking like he's just watching a TV show, basically. Like, and right. like oh, yeah, that's the time when blah, blah, blah. <laughs> like, yeah. it's so it's so it's so chill. Like, it's very. Yeah. yeah it's so he's so passe about it. It's very funny. But uh, we also see Norman Osborn in jail with nothing to his name after the bugle wrote uh, damaging stories about his company, which, you know, it's it's kind of character set up for what's going to come in a little bit later for his ultimate plan. Um, He clarifies his time in jail was just was three years and Spider-Man clarifies it was spent without his memories of being the goblin. So. Norman Osborn famous for getting amnesia and forgetting that he's the goblin or anything. So mm-hmm. that's what's that's that's why he's been gone for the past three years because he was Norman Osborn with no memory of being the goblin at all. However, the train wreck restored Norman's memory of being the goblin. <laughs> I love that one of the memories we get is literally just the beginning of this episode. Yeah, that cracked me up. Yeah. That was very funny. It's very me. funny. It's a nice capper on that whole sequence where it's just like, yeah, <laughs> we are going to give you a clip. <laughs> like just it brings a, just it around. 
It's yeah, just yeah. <laughs> hilarious that we watched it like 10 minutes ago. Right, right. <laughs> and I guess Spider-Man didn't know, so like that's, I guess, right. the point, but... I do think that all of this exposition, while obviously it doesn't make for good TV, it does feel very comic booky. Like this is the kind of yeah. stuff that you would read in a comic book where it's like, oh yeah, you know, this, this is, we're calling back to a story from like four years ago that you may not have even read. So we're going to have the characters just explain their entire backstory for this issue. So then they can fight in the next one and you know the context for it. Well, that's why I think it's kind of fun in a weird way. It's like fun outside the episode itself because it does feel like a little bit comic book, a little bit like amazing friends a little bit like other goblin stories like it does feel like this weird sort of frankenstein even though it's most seemingly ripping off or inspiring the amazing friends episode like it, it does feel more than just that it it, it mm-hmm. there there is sort of just this weird element to it yeah for sure so goblin removes the memory amplifier just as betty begins to search the science lab for peter she's calling out to him trying to figure out where he is hoping for some response hearing her calls goblin's like well i'm out this will be hilarious she's gonna find you and figure out that you're spider-man and then guess what it's gonna get back to aunt may hope it doesn't fucking kill her buddy like that's pretty (laughs) much what he's saying which again is like very much a comic book type thing Mm mm-hmm So then Betty does find Peter like she does find exactly the lab he's in and he doesn't necessarily like prevent her from finding him like he is calling back to her. The problem is he knows she can't actually see him. So he's like, okay, what do I do? I guess like if if I just blind her, she won't see me. So he like turns on this arc lamp, which basically does blind her. It's kind of like. You know, even if he, he she could see him, she would just see sort of like a shadow or like a silhouette or something. And he yeah. says this arc light will also, I guess, like melt him a little bit more it's, literal freezing than I expected. But sure. Yeah, that's I don't think that he was he doesn't seem cold. He seems like seems he's like, like a paralyzing yeah. ray, not like a literal right. you are frozen in ice type of ray, but. But, I mean, it works, so cool. I guess he's not wrong. Yeah. <laughs> he then turns all the lights off. So first, poor Betty. First, he, like, blinds the shit out of her with this really bright light, then turns all the lights off. Like, I guess it's better that it didn't happen in the opposite direction, because she might literally have, like, lost her sight. Um, but this poor woman, this poor woman, getting lied to, getting blinded, bumping into shit throughout the lab, and then, like thinking she finds him and ends up like seemingly feeling up and potentially making out with like some sort of like weird, I guess like Yeti type thing. Or was it like a taxidermy gorilla? Like whatever I it couldn't was. Tell or yeah. Or I mean, it could have even the way it was drawn. It didn't look like a gorilla. The way it was drawn almost looked like they were trying to draw like a, I don't know, like a, like a caveman or something like that. But mm, I think it's more, okay, it's yeah. more like a Sasquatch or a That kind of checks out. If it's in a science yeah. lab, maybe it was meant to be sort of like a Neanderthal type situation right. or like a caveman yeah yeah, yeah. but again um, another instance of like thirsty betty it's like she immediately meets peter in the dark and just starts fondling him and she's like Ooh, it's just like well here we go your Ooh. muscles <laughs> yeah yeah and it's <laughs> horrified when he turns on the lights like she's like yeah. so disgusted at just randomly making out with this sasquatch model Inanimate, <laughs> weird model in the classroom yeah yeah, yeah. i would be alarmed betty. you know or at least a little bit embarrassed <laughs> Yeah, I'd be like, I didn't expect that. Well, yeah, <laughs> didn't yeah. mean for that to happen necessarily. <laughs> and then th- 
this is kind of where I stop liking Betty in this episode. They really yeah. kind of do her disservice here by then yeah. going the brat route. Like she was sort of fun up to this point because she's just yeah. sort of like flirty and a little bit thirsty and like intrigued by what Peter was talking about. And then she just goes full brat mode because she's like, where's my present, Peter? And she even says it in sort of a way like they just they don't respect women on the show. <laughs> well, <laughs> oh, like really? <laughs> Never would have guessed. I think like maybe Black Cat was like decently respected and given agency, but I don't remember if they if they really oh because she's a villain <laughs> like I know because she was a villain I so know. she had to be to make the story work. That's yeah. the only reason. <laughs> fair point. Fair point. But even when Betty's like being in like a cool antifa goddess, like they can't just let her exist in her coolness. Yeah, um, they they can't just let her in her cool thirsty goddessness either. Yeah. So she turns into a brat Where's at this point, asks for her present, and guess what? Peter doesn't have one because he never had one. So he's like, oh, I must have left it at home. Sorry, Betty. And then she, she sort of stomps away. Yeah. She stomps away. I'm so mad about that. It's like the, a Halloween present. Come on. Ugh. It's so yeah. it's all so bad. I hate all of it. I think it's like a misunderstanding or a misinterpretation or a bad adaptation of like what Betty in the comics is because Betty in the comics is like the soap opera character in those early decades. Right. For like sure, she's the yeah. one who's like overdramatic, super melancholy a lot of the time, like literally runs away from New York City, like moves to a different state so that she doesn't have to face <laughs> Peter Parker. But like, that's fun. It's like over the top. It's like so, so like caricature, cartoony over the top that it doesn't feel like it's necessarily, like not every woman in the comic acts like that. It's a very specific Betty thing. I feel like this is just a, a like a watered down misunderstanding of like what makes that version of Betty fun. Yeah, yeah, yep, 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 <laughs> yep. <laughs> Don't like it. Don't like it. It's a bummer. Well, yeah. At the Daily Bugle, Green Goblin just pops in, covers the presses with a green gas, and then dips out. Okay. Sure. <laughs> sure. <laughs> I mean, I can't say so, I predicted what the result would be, so. Who could? Who could guess? <laughs> I can't say that it's a great plan either. I mean, it's Mm-mm. a creative plan. I'll give him that. I never would have thought of that on my own. So. Yeah. It's a little <laughs> jokerish in like its chaoticness. Oh, that's a good. It really is. Yeah, it definitely feels more like a Joker plan. Yeah. Well, Spidey makes his way to Osborne Industries to kind of look for clues to figure out what Goblin's plan is, finds the memory amplifier, um, you know, indicating that Goblin's been by recently because he that he had on his person earlier. So he has to have been by here dropping it off. So he puts on the memory amplifier and then it's sort of like, ooh, I can very easily just navigate my own memories with this ingenious device. What a fucking wild gadget this is, first of all. But he uh, he visits some memories. He's like sees himself graduating from high school. He's like, oh, that's the time I fought the lizard, which maybe is the one instance of this episode reusing old footage because that might have been from the previous lizard episode. I'm not I really sure. Wasn't yeah, I didn't check, check. either. I, I wasn't. I mean, it's, it's not. It's just him sort of wrestling with him a little bit. So it and could it have, cuts could not. very abruptly. <laughs> it's a yeah, very brief yeah. moment. <laughs> it is. It's very brief. Uh, cause yeah, so this doesn't become a whole montage because immediately then it goes into showing this fight with the green goblin that Spider-Man's like, I don't remember that happening where goblin just like knocks me off of his glider. Like that never happened. And then goblin swoops in, knocks the memory amplifier off Spidey's head. And it's sort of like, ha, not, not only does this amazing device project people's memories very easily without even like trying, it also tells the future and shows <gasps> you the future. Oh my gosh. 
Yeah. 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 The thing this also might actually be like Finder. an interesting twist if we didn't see the future finder already. I mean, would it be though? It doesn't really, it comes out of nowhere and affects nothing. <laughs> like <laughs> it doesn't do anything. Well, yeah, I mean, it's. I'm not saying it's like a good twist, but like, <laughs> I kind of figured or assumed this was already going to have something to do with the future because of what other versions of it have done. But if you didn't mm-hmm. watch Amazing Friends and you were watching this, I guess you could be like, it also does what? Like, I don't know. Sure, I guess so. Yeah, but I you're right. It doesn't like, doesn't matter. I, yeah, I mean, it, the Amazing Friends episode also really doesn't do anything with it, to be honest. Like, it's just sort of like this weird thing that tells the future. In that episode, they at least use the futureness of it to, uh, you know, give a visual interpretation of what Goblin's plan is. That's when it shows all the Goblin people and stuff. So I do think mm-hmm. they use it a little, use that aspect of it better in that episode. This one, it's just sort of like a, a tease for a fight that ends up happening in a couple of minutes, but it's not really like Spider-Man doesn't use that information and it's not like a wild fight. It's like he discovers a prophecy that he will lose to the goblin until he doesn't like, that's basically what it is. Like it doesn't matter at all. Because why would you voluntarily introduce this device into your story? I wouldn't like, this is a wild thing to have to try to write around. It's too broken, man. Yeah. (laughs) Don't do that to yourself. (laughs) Yeah. You just like hurt your own story. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah well anyway spider-man's like oh that's interesting and then just grabs onto the back of goblin's glider as he flies off into the night then thwips himself into a better position to grapple with goblin on the front of goblin's glider so they're yeah. up there in the sky wrestling right which means that this future memory that he just saw basically comes to pass immediately because immediately. then we see the the memory he just saw happening, which is Goblin tossing Spidey off the glider. But what we didn't see in the future memory is that uh, Spider-Man just lands in the water in Central Park. Like, he's fine. Like, it's a little bit scary for a second because there's no buildings around. Yeah. But he's ultimately fine. That's also kind of what happens in Amazing Friends, too. Like, when he lands, it is... I don't remember if they explicitly say Central Park, but it is basically in the park that he lands and he's fine and Goblin gets away in that episode. And a cop comes. And a cop comes and, like, kind of talks to him about it. (laughs) I assume the park that they frequently visit in Amazing Friends is meant to just be Central Park. Like, I don't think it looks necessarily like it, I don't think, but, like... Yeah. What other park are they going to be visiting? <laughs> for sure, for sure, yeah. You know? But you're right. They, yeah. There's a cop in that one, and there's a cop in this one. And like I referenced last week, this cop also is just like Irish for no reason other than the stereotype of Irish cops. <laughs> cool, <laughs> there's no cool joke show. about it. He's barely there. Yeah. It's just like, I'm going to deliver my one line as an Irish guy <laughs> in <Nice>. 1981. <laughs> <laughs> sure so whatever man Very weird. And for them to do it two weeks in a row like oh i know gosh. so strange <laughs> well at home the next day peter's like god now i have to pay a police ticket but except what he would have the guy would have written it to spider-man like he's what are you talking about you're not peter parker is not responsible for a paying oh a police ticket. my gosh that officer knows the identity of spider-man <laughs> I guess he does, right? That's the only way it makes sense. <laughs> Holy shit. Yeah. 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 The, the bomb he would never pay a ticket written to Spider-Man. How would you even write also, a ticket to Spider-Man? Right. And if the cop saw him, Spider-Man would have just 
do what he does whenever the cops are around and left. Like he would well, have just ran his, and eventually went his, uh, Well, I guess he could have run. Yeah. I was going to say maybe his yeah. web shooters were waterlogged as they are wont to be in this oh, show. That's a good point. <laughs> they probably were. <laughs> I'll web that ticket away. JK. No, I won't. There's a fish oh, stuck no. in my web shooter. Oh, Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> yeah well he's like complaining about it and then he's caught sneezing by aunt may which we know mortal sin also this show fucking loves teasing peter potentially catching a cold and aunt may commenting on it it happens so often in this show like and it's never I funny like it's it. always annoying it's always annoying like and i and and I know this is like a personal pet peeve of mine that I've mentioned before. And this show doesn't do it egregiously, but like, I just don't love any show where someone pretends to have a cold because to me, it never ever sounds good or adds anything. Like sometimes yeah. it creates like attention, but it, like if they're acting like they have a cold, it's like, I can't, it like, it is grating to me. So, I mean, it's, it's fine. The show never really like leans into that, but the number of times they tease that they're about to do it, like annoys me enough. Well, and they already have. That's the thing is they already kind of blew their load in the lizard episode where they did have Peter sick the entire time. And to the, you know, to the episode's credit, like, I don't think we liked it in that episode necessarily, but they at least like made it part of the plot. Like stuff happened because of his sneezing and stuff. Like, so they already had an episode where they did that joke. They made it. They did it, ran it into the ground. And yet it still keeps coming up. Oh, Peter's sick. Oh, Aunt May is trying to feed him soup because he's sick over and over and over again. Yeah. And it's like, I know that that's like a characteristic of Aunt May, but, but they like, just don't know I what else to, what to do with her. They, that's right, why it yeah, keeps no, that's exactly happening. What it is. Yeah. 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 It's like Betty. Um, they, they have an idea and then they don't really know what else to do with it. So then they just have her turn into a brat or like yeah. a ditz. Like they just don't know what to do with Aunt May, which is why she was so fun in last week's episode. Cause she had yeah, like a whole personality trait. <laughs> right. Right. I love roller coasters. Like, all right, cool. Like there's, you know, yeah. there's not much to you still, but that's something right. I would have never expected. Two whole dimensions, you know, two whole dimensions, right. Doting old woman and loves roller coasters. Hey, that's yeah. more of a character than you were before. Mm-hmm, what mm-hmm. I will say, I do like her line reading. Cause you know, uh, Pe- you know, when Peter's talking about like trying to explain, like, I, I don't know if I caught, I, I, maybe I caught a cold. I, you know, I, I, I was just stuck in the rain last night and he walks out of the room and then Aunt may like, it's almost like a dramatic moment. She's like, Oh, it didn't rain last night. <laughs> it's just like, she's just like put the pieces together just then. Hmm. <laughs> like, Oh no, he was, the, I, he was the killer all along. Right. I don't love aunt May in this show for no fault of her own other than they just don't write her very well, but I do wish that paid off. I wish that that came back around at the end of the episode or something, because it is like a funny moment of realization. Like <gasps> he's just lied to me. <laughs> you know yeah. what I mean? But yeah. Right. They, w- they wouldn't know what to do with it. So, no, absolutely not. They would destroy that plot line so badly. <laughs> yep. Well, it's been a really bad 12 hours for Peter. So he's like, I'm going to grab a Daily Bugle. I'm going to hope the comics just cheer me up after the terrible night I've had. And then it just dissolves, disintegrates into dust in his hands. And in fact, that's happening to every newspaper, every person who buys a newspaper, every stack of newspapers. <laughs> they just spontaneously just... Turn to dust. Turn to green dust. <laughs> this is such a stupid plot. Like this is such a stupid love it. Uh, like villain plan. But I love it. I love it. It really does feel very like 
purely just Joker revenge chaos type thing. It's like, I am slighted by you. And so I'm just going to like do a very annoying thing to you. I'm just going to make you as mad as possible. And like, it has repercussions because the, you know, the daily bugle is a business and all that sort of stuff. But so do most of Joker's plans. Like he's causing destruction in some way. It's just the green goblin is usually so much more calculated and usually has like so many layers to his plans. And this one is literally just like, I'm going to fuck your shit up, Jonah. <laughs> it's so cr- like, yeah, he's normally trying to directly get someone killed in some way. Like maybe yeah, ruin their like life. Take over the entire him. underground. <laughs> right. In this case, it is literally like he doesn't, he, I mean, he, he never makes it apparent that there's another step in his plan. No. Beyond this. It really no. does seem like he's just going to ruin Jonah's career. And that's it. Like, right. that's, that's all. <laughs> right, because at the Bugle, Jonah's like, this is going to ruin me. This is costing me so much money. Like, I'm finished. And the Green Goblin just rolls up, like, on his glider to the open window, laughs at Jonah and says, I hope it does. Like, that <laughs> oh, is God, his entire okay. plan. Is like, I hope you yeah. get fucked. <laughs> He's really just, yeah, just messing with him. He's just messing with him, man. That's it. It's yeah. like, it's just, yeah, it's, it's so funny because... Oh, not even close. Are you kidding me? Like so many other versions of Norman Osborn would try to like take over the Daily Bugle before Jonah could know that it happened, right? Like it would be one of those things where like I have set up this elaborate plan full of like all these minute little like business dealings and transactions. And guess what? Now that it's already happened, you no longer own the Bugle. Like that's the type of shit that like Norman Osborn or certain versions of the Green Goblin would do. Not just like, ha ha, you got me. Now I got you, shit face. Like it's just it's so funny. To me. It's so funny. Yeah, it's very I, like not a boo boo. Yes, it so is. Oh my god, it so is. It's so juvenile. Like yeah, <laughs> it, it really is. Just like you're at school and like the kid made you mad, so you like put a bunch of like glue and glitter in their backpack. Yes. Like, oh no. Yes. yes. It even kind of looks like that when they disintegrate. It just looks like a bunch of like glitter and dust. <laughs> Honestly, kind of iconic. It is kind of iconic. You know what? This is so <laughs> random. But you know the other thing it reminded me of because it, it blows up into green dust? Do you did you ever see the King of the Hill episode where Hank had just like the random, just like 10-year-old bully kid who would just torment him for no reason? Like follow him on his bike. And he had like what was in purposely like a completely nonsensical phrase where he would just follow and just be like, dusty old bones full of yes! green dust. <laughs> Hank was just like dusty old bones, <laughs> full of green dust. It, what is that? What's mean? funny is it like didn't unlock until you said the phrase, like until you dusty chanted the phrase bones. the kid said. Then I was like, oh, it's, yep. It's such a like I love that so much because it's just such a beautifully nonsensical phrase, and it's not it's not a funny phrase. No, it's not a funny sounding one. It's just like those words just make no sense together, and yet it's like the most insulting thing you could say to someone. And I have no idea why. Like, it's just so absurd. You just know. You feel it. You're like, that's mean, I think. But what's funny is, like, can you imagine having to recount what happened to your newspapers? Like, imagine Jonah having to explain what happened to the bugle. Like, that alone would be, like, punishment because it's so stupid and embarrassing to have to describe. Like, it's just the funniest thing on so many levels. 
it's a really brilliant plan the more I think about yeah, it. Yeah, I mean, it's it's like, I'm going to ruin your reputation. I'm going to make you feel like an idiot. I'm going to make you feel like a fool. Like, it's not not mean. It's not not dastardly. It's just not necessarily what you typically associate with Osborne or a classic Green Goblin. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. It's so absolutely. funny. I love it. It's, it's really a standout funny. for me. <laughs> uh-huh. So here's the thing. It works to enrage Jonah, like full, like rage dumbass mode, because Jonah's just like, I'm going to get you and lunges at Goblin without thinking like Goblin is floating on a glider outside my window at the top of the Daily Bugle. So Jonah jumps out his own window, which is terrifying. And luckily, Peter sees it in time to suit up and save him, which only adds to the humiliation, which I think is beautiful. Um, but Jonah, buddy, bro, like, what did you think was going to (laughs) happen? Blinded with rage, I guess. Blinded enough with rage to jump out of a window. (laughs) Yeah. Probably like 40 stories up. Hilarious. Hilarious. Jeez. Oh boy. (laughs) (laughs) Well, even though Spider-Man catches Jonah, they don't get away because Goblin immediately intercepts both of them before they can reach any sort of stable ground. He then threatens to reveal Spider-Man's secret identity to Jonah, which, of course, Jonah's like, oh, yeah. I mean, at first, he's like, I don't want anything to do with you. And Goblin's like, what if I told you Spider-Man's identity? He's like, I want everything to do with you. So there's, like, kind of a joke in there. Um, But ultimately, Spider-Man's like, I can't have this. So he dips out with Jonah. And then they do this sort of, like... Green Goblin keeps trying to say Peter's name, but Spider-Man keeps like making noise over it, which I think could have been funnier. I don't know that they really maximized on this opportunity. No. <laughs> I don't know how you yeah, felt I, about it. <laughs> I like it in yeah, I like it in context. I do appreciate how long it goes for, like I guess, but um I mean, they do rule of three it like straightforward, right? Like they try it three yeah. times before they like before they really fuck Goblin shit up. So yeah. like they have the principle down. The idea of it is sound. I just feel like they could have leaned harder into like I don't the know. comedy of it because yeah, one just, of them I, is literally just them like falling into trash. <laughs> yeah, I guess and we yeah, never actually really... see Goblin saying Peter Parker's name, which I think is weird. I think that's the problem. I have a hard time exactly explaining why it's not as funny as I want it to be. And I do think maybe it's that it is like you either got to do it one way. You have to play the absurdity up to 11 where it is just because I do think it's almost there where it's just like it's so funny that Green Goblin has plenty of time to say Peter Parker's name. Like it is just very much Spider-Man is beat, 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 crash. Like there's plenty of time, but yeah. it doesn't feel like that's the joke. That feels like that is the, the pacing of the show is too slow. I think you could exaggerate it so much where it's clear. The joke is like, I can tell you right now, the identity of Spider-Man is crash. Like, you know, where you make the or, joke that it's taking him a long time to get to it or the opposite side, I think would, that would be better for this show to pull off. That's a little less, you know, meta and like postmodern or whatever is that he is trying to, he does say Peter Parker, but either like a truck, passes Jonah and he can't hear him or Jonah falls and misses what he said. Like, I think he needed to actually say Peter Parker and Jonah doesn't hear him rather than the long beat before Goblin gets cut off. Well, there's two implied versions of him saying it. Like, that's why I think it's weird that we never actually hear him say it because first he's, I think we're to understand he says it 
and they don't hear it because they fall into a big trash heap. Then he tries oh, to say it point, a second yeah. time, and and Spider Man like clangs mm. two garbage can things together. Like mm. I feel like they were so close to getting there because they understood what you and I are are like. They understood the exact thing you and I are talking about, right? But yeah. you don't actually. It cuts away from Green Goblin, and they don't like play up the sort of like looniness of yeah. having the desperate Spider-Man do literally anything to be like, no, 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 no. Like, they don't really play it enough, I think. Especially because one of them is incidental. The first one's incidental. The second one is kind of there. And then the third one is what you're talking about, which I don't think they play up like loony enough either. Like, And when I say loony, yeah. I mean like sort of looney tune, sort of old, like goofy type stuff. Like, I think they could have played yeah. with some of that stuff a little bit more. Yeah, I would agree with that for sure. But I like the idea. Yeah. I appreciate yeah. what they were yeah. going for. It's a better attempt at comedy than what they've done in the past, for sure. Yeah. So, okay. Goblin tries this three times. He's obstructed three times. And like we already alluded to, the third time he doesn't get to say Peter Parker's name, despite having plenty of time. Because even though Spider-Man warns him to turn the fuck around because he's not looking where he's going, Goblin crashes directly into like a gasoline tanker, I guess, like some sort of truck carrying so. some flammable liquid, and the whole yeah. thing explodes. So Goblin Yikes. is now once again in the midst of an explosion, and so Spider-Man's like, oh shit, like not again, I better go get him. <laughs> I Again, buddy? Like, we're doing this again. So he searches the wreckage, but this time he just finds Norman Osborn covered in tatters of the Green Goblin costume. So Spider-Man's like, oh, like, this might be okay. And then Norman reacts by being like, oh, thank God, it's Spider-Man. So Spider-Man's like, oh, fantastic. This is fantastic news. I guess you're Norman Osborn again because Goblin would not be thrilled to see me. So, right. like, seemingly problem solved. Gotta love that Goblin Norman Osborn amnesia. It's just so... So, so great. So convenient. He's, he's so convenient. <laughs> Just what's funny is like at this point, now that it's happened a couple times, I mean, this is terrible and cruel. Uh, and this is entirely in the context of a superhero show where real world rule, real world rules don't apply. But uh, at this point, it's happened three times that Spider-Man has become aware that some sort of large explosive trauma can like switch him back and forth so like next uh -huh. time he's green goblin like it might just be like set off a firework near norman osborne again not a thing you should ever do in real life that's a terrible terrible thing fireworks yeah, suck for a lot of reasons but like in this case yeah. when you have like a like an actual like sociopathic like <laughs> villain flying around in a glider i feel like it might be acceptable sure. Ooh, you're walking a real thin line, <laughs> thin problematic line right now, Doug. No, I, 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 yeah. I mean, in the in the real world, there aren't green goblins on gliders throwing bombs right. people, then spontaneously getting amnesia and forgetting they were just yeah. the green goblin. Like that, that's I, there's never going to be a real world context for that situation, right? So, in the superhero context, I think that you are onto something. Yeah, sure. They also do. Sure. I mean, they do. They. I think depending on the property, they do make it very clear that like it is it is blunt force. Like he's being yeah. hit. 
It is the yeah. impact. So like he uses explosives and those aren't affecting him. He'd have to blow himself up, which I think sometimes happens, right? Like yeah. his own shit backfires and he like slams against a wall or whatever. Like, yeah. I mean, honestly, so. one of the things that I, I give a lot of credit to Spider-Man three, four, Spider-Man three, four is what it sounded like. I said, Spider-Man oh, three, weird. four. Uh, yeah. Um, is like the fact that they do do the Osborne amnesia thing and it is Harry getting blunt force trauma to the head that gives them very convenient amnesia. And Mm -hmm. I know people complained about it and it's a silly thing to see in a movie, but that is so comics accurate. Like it is so beautifully comics accurate. Like I love that they did history (laughs) deep history with that. We've got 40 years of this happening to Osborne. Yeah. 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 So, you know, it's, it's (laughs) canon, man. It's the canon. Well, this, of course, is not going to stop Jonah from the absolute, like, ravenous need to learn Spider-Man's identity. So he runs over to meet them, doesn't see Goblin anymore, is like, where did he go? Where did the Goblin go? He was going to tell me who Spider-Man is, right? So then Norman Osborn is like, well, wait, I know who Spider-Man is. And uh, Jonah's like, you do? Tell me who he is. And then Norman just points to Spider-Man and goes, he is. Which... Again, another attempt at a joke that I just don't think is as funny it's, as they thought it was. Because it doesn't make sense for Norman Osborn to say it. Yeah. I mean, those a different character or something, but it's like Norman Osborn isn't like an idiot. Like, Right, he's not a stupid person. He's never yeah. portrayed as a stupid person. Yeah. Um. So it's just like, I understand the construction that they were, they were working with. I just don't think it works in context. They just wanted to piss Jonah off more, I guess. <laughs> and then jonah throws um, a fit like a very public oh wild it, like very it's, long fit it's kind of like uh, it's more like a breakdown like an actual breakdown that he's having like it's it's really wild like yeah. he is just tantrum jumping up and down screaming into the air just muttering i mean i give credit to the voice actor for just doing all that oh, he I gave. felt like it was improv for sure <laughs> He was giving um, everything <laughs> so much, so much so that like in the next scene, we cut to, I guess, like the next day at the bugle and Betty references that Jameson has laryngitis from all the yelling, he did. <laughs> which like for J. Jonah Jameson, like famous for his yelling, he had yeah. to be yelling a lot. Uh huh. Yeah. <laughs> Damn. Damn. Yeah. Well, this is what I was referencing when I said Peter kind of makes up for his transgression against black cats. Because he does bring Betty a Halloween gift. Still worth noting, he never had a Halloween gift to begin with. That was still a lie. But he brings her the Halloween gift, which turns out to be a black kitten, which she loves. And he is obviously giving to her because he thinks it's a nice gift that she will like. So he is acknowledging that they are great. It's a nice gesture, but you don't surprise someone with a new pet, though. That's not no, a good gift to ever give I to a person. Hope. Don't don't give people living things unless you've already yeah. talked about it. Yeah, <laughs> like if it's a conversation, it's been a, maybe it's long established that like Betty's like, I want to get a cat. I plan to get a cat. I intend to get a cat. I just haven't gotten around to it. I, I honest, I God, I wish someone would just give me a cat right now. I really could use one. Yeah, and then he gives her a cat. <laughs> that could be one thing. And and, and and bonus points if like, oh, here's also part of your gift is like a litter box and like a bunch of cat toys and like yeah, everything you would real. need to take care of this cat. Like, like there's a lot of, it's like you wouldn't just hand someone a baby either. Like it's, it, it's a lot involved <laughs> in that. And guess what? Those <laughs> cause problems. So God, <laughs> I hope that. <laughs> that's wild. You wouldn't just hand someone a baby. 
It's true. That is true. It's true. Well, you wouldn't. So don't just hit someone with a little kitten. Don't hit yeah. someone with a baby cat. It's not like yeah. it is different from a human baby. Sure. In a lot of ways, it's not that different. It's still a, a new life and responsibility. There, You're just thrusting onto someone. Relatable elements to the situation. For yeah. Sure. It's also yeah. wild because even from a storytelling standpoint, like that cat we saw earlier had nothing to do with Betty. Nothing. No. She, as far as we know, never interacted with it, and Peter didn't even like it. So, like, it's it's a weird thing to echo because the echo doesn't actually serve any purpose whatsoever. Like, there's no, like, it, it's it's almost like a fake payoff, right? It's sort of one of those things where you're like, oh, they paid off the cat. And then the more you think about it, you're like, no, they didn't. They didn't set anything up with the cat. <laughs> like, it's a really weird yeah. thing for them to do. But yeah. ending on a kitten, I can't be too mad because it's cute. Yeah, it is very cute. It is very cute. I like the show. Ultimately, is pro black cat. I'm in favor of that for sure. Yes, for sure. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Well, face of the episode, th- that opening sequence with the train. One, it's horrific. But two, once Norman is actually flung from the train and he's like being lit by the wreckage, it's actually really cool what they do because they they try to like mimic the flickering of like fire light, like flame light. And so they do this, like, really dramatic flickering shadow on Norman Osborn's already, like, way more detailed than usual face. Um, And it just looked fucking cool. Like, I don't know. I was kind of mesmerized. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. It looks very cool. I love it. It's not a thing the show does often. No. I dig it. I dig it a lot. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It's good. It's good stuff. You know, this episode's fine. This This was a really fun one to talk about, I think. Yeah. Just because it is such an interesting it does so many like interesting things, not in that it's like compelling when you're watching it, but like when you're thinking about it, sort of like, it is wild that this is just the amazing friends episode. It is wild that this is like kind of pretending to be in comics continuity and has a bit long history behind it. Despite this being the first appearance of green goblin in this show, it is wild that a big chunk of it is just like, a clip show made of for original new clips. footage <laughs> original footage it is wild that the green goblin's plan is to turn newspapers into dust and that's it and just make mm-hmm. j jonah jameson just to fuck with him like yep. that's all wild very that funny it opens like, with like a horrific train accident yeah yeah, yeah. it's you like know what's funny too i'm pretty sure this was the first episode of the show that i watched like when i was a kid because i distinctly remember i remember very trip. little of yeah, I because I do remember, I do remember the train crash with Norman Osborn, and that's Damn. how he becomes the Green Goblin. I didn't remember anything after that, but I remember being at my grandparents' house because this show was not in syndication where I grew up at all. Like there, they weren't doing reruns where I grew up, as far as I know. So it was a surprise when I went to my grandparents' house in Maryland. And I was like, wait, there's another Spider-Man show airing right now? I thought Mm -hmm. the 90s show was the only Spider-Man thing that existed. And so it was cool to watch this show. And I was familiar with the Green Goblin from the 90s show. So it was cool cool to see that. And it definitely, you know, like I said, it didn't really imprint on me really that much because I didn't remember beyond the opening. But the opening definitely did. So, Oh, for sure. Yeah. Very wild. It's just a weird episode because it's like, it's hard for me to separate what I like about it or enjoy talking about it. That was a weird sentence. Mm -hmm. It's hard to distinguish what I enjoy from like the context of what we do, right? Like, I think the reason I enjoy this episode is purely because you and I are constantly looking at Spider-Man stories and have now looked at so many Green Goblin stories. So I would be interesting to, to hear like how other people like it either entirely in context, like just watching the 81 show 
or entirely like out of context because I really do think what we're doing is affecting kind of my appreciation for this episode. No matter what, it was an interesting one to, to podcast about. Yeah. Period. Like that's yeah. Yeah. yeah Agreed. Sure. We have a lot of interesting things that we podcast about on our Patreon <laughs> and I would like <laughs> to think they're fun to listen to too. So if you want to check out some bonus content that we've done, we've got a whole long archive, well over a hundred episodes of just extra stuff on there that we cover uh, comics, video games, other uh, movies, other cartoons, sometimes non Spider-Man related stuff. It's a whole, whole archive of stuff there. So check it out. Patreon.com slash walloping web snappers. And you can also check out our discord. If you'd like to chat with us or other listeners about Spider-Man, Spider-Man shows, our episodes, or just literally anything you can uh, check out. Uh, the link to that discord in our show notes in the meantime if you'd like to check out what we're doing individually where can people find you doug you can find me on twitter at ikibuli i-c-k-y-b-o-o-l-e-y you can also listen to me on another podcast here on the forehead radio network called victory road it's a pokemon podcast we are like maybe literally a month out from a new set of games Uh, so that's what we're going to be talking about over there and we will have plenty of conversation so check it out and if you like books and video games, you can listen to me on a podcast called Novel Gaming, where my friends Vicky and Katie and I catch up on all the media we've been consuming lately. What about you, Derek? Sure. You can find me on Twitter at Derek B. Gale. You can also find my podcast Gimmicks, which is a television podcast looking at the high concept gimmicky. Uh, oh, my God. I just said that really badly. You've got <laughs> a whole at, like very specific I script. <laughs> I know. I know. I know. I know. I said it out of order. It's a television podcast, and I feel like that threw you off. I know. That, that threw me off. I never say that. I don't know why I said that. You can keep all this in. By the way, who cares? Um <laughs> It's a, it's a podcast that looks at the high concept, experimental, structure-breaking, gimmicky episodes of television with a different show and a different guest for every episode that I do. You can find it anywhere you get your podcasts. You can also follow it on tw- Twitter and Instagram at GimmicksPod. We also have another podcast that Doug and I do together called Falling With Style, an ongoing Pixar movie marathon, which is a monthly podcast where we're watching every Pixar film chronologically, and we're kind of almost done-ish with it. I'm sure we will have plenty of like additional things we'll do in the future, but as far as the main run of existing Pixar movies go that exist and are out right now currently, we're almost done with it because our episode on Turning Red is out right now. You can check that out right now. Um, And there's what, one more movie after that that's out? to fulfill the conceit (laughs) of the podcast, which is really weird to think about. (laughs) Very weird. Very weird. So check out that episode wherever you get your podcast. Podcasts. You can also find Falling with Style on our website, along with a full archive of every episode of Walloping Web Snappers. That is at wallopingwebsnappers.com. You can also follow us on social media, Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Walloping Web Pod. And if you'd like to email us anything, you can email us wallopingwebsnapperspodcast at gmail.com. And no matter what podcast app you use, if it gives you the option to rate, review, and or subscribe, please do that because it definitely is helpful. Uh, Um, showing off what we can do, showing people that people are listening and also helping people find us if they're looking for a Spider-Man podcast. Now, next week we're done with this show, which I'm not mad about because this, I think this show is a little bit exhausting to talk about. I'm ready for (laughs) a rest from from 1981. Yeah, not not the most fun. And, and you know what? There's not a lot of it, so it's good to take a break. So we still will have plenty to get to in Mm -hmm. the future, not even halfway through this show, but Next week, I'm very excited because we're traveling even further back in time as we return for the first time since our 
hundredth episode run. Oh wow. Uh, yeah, back back from episode 100 through 109, I think. So it's been quite a while, uh, over a year, I think. We're returning to the 1967 series, the original, very first Spider-Man series, with the episode uh, Night of the Villains and Here Comes Trouble. Ooh, those sound yeah. fun. Those sound fun. I mean, it, a night full of villains? Yeah. Like, how, how can you go wrong? It better deliver. <laughs> better deliver. <laughs> See ya. <laughs> All right. See ya. Thank <laughs> you.